Jeez. You gotta tell me. You got to tell me. Hold on, here we go. We are now back on the number one rated business show, right here on the Real 1100 AM iHeartRadio. Everybody tuning in, everybody checking in today. How we doing out there in radio land? Coming up real quick, <coughs> we got a few announcements. If you are out in the Douglasville area, please stop at 2115 Jump Enjoy, uh, 2115 Fairburn Road. If you're out in the Douglasville area, please stop by my good friends over at Jump and Joy. We are jumping up and down. We got trampolines. We got arcades. Uh, we are having a great time. It's a safe environment. We are practicing social distancing, and we are wearing our mask. Also, if you're trying to get your sexy back, you're trying to get a little fit for the season, please visit my friends over in Smyrna at Titans Fitness. You can check them out online at titans.net. <coughs> Also, now, I don't know if y'all heard, but they have now stopped sending out the unemployment. What, what was that program called? The unemployment payroll? I forgot what it was called. Assistance. But the unemployment assistance. Uh, but just because they've done that, we still want to try to do our part. So in light of the government assistance employment, the number one rated business show wants to help you. That's right, you. We are paying $100 towards anybody's bill, and all you have to do is text us, text pay my bill to 404-574-5134 and please follow the prompt. Don't y'all be pulling out no bills up in here because y'all got bread. Come on. All right. But please text pay my bill to 404-574-5134. One thing I cannot stand more so than anything is poverty and folks being broke and folks not being able to pay their bills. I have been there. I have been through foreclosure, bankrupts, and all them other little ugly things. So now that I'm able to give a little bit back, I will, matter of fact, text it to us, and I will look at it today, send us your cash app along with it, and I will pay $100 towards one of your bills. And my good friends are starting to jump in now, and a lot of them starting to match it, so you never know. You might get a whole bunch, and we might help a whole lot of folks. You know how black folks like to stunt. Right. But, <laughs> that's what's up. but I already got two other folks that done jumped in and said they want to sponsor $100 as well. So please text pay my bill to 404 574 Three, four, and like I say, we will pay a hundred dollars tonight towards one of your bills. Now, joining me in studio, I got the one and only Miss Tina Bridges. Hey, how you doing today, Miss Tina? I'm doing wonderful. How and you, you brought a whole bunch of friends with you. <laughs> <laughs> My she, casting crew. It's your casting crew. She brought mm -hmm. the whole crew too. We're gonna get into it in a minute. But joining us on the line, Miss Hillary Drummond. Simpson, Miss Hillary Drummond Simpson is the author of the book How to Become a Successful Black Man. I got some questions about that one. Mm. But she has partnered <laughs> with mothers across the country to form Save Our Black Sons. These mothers are angry, they're frustrated, and they're tired of seeing their sons killed like animals in the street with no accountability, and they plan to petition the government on behalf of their sons for real justice and reform. So joining me tonight to the program, Miss Hillary Drummond Simpson. Are you there with us? I'm doing well, Kevin. How are you? I am doing pretty good today. I'm 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 amped up. I got my energy back. I've been sleeping all day, and then they tell me it's time to get on the radio. Now I'm amped up. 
Yeah, you sound really amped up. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to calm you down just a little bit. <laughs> you sound well, ready. Now, now tell me this, because I know a lot, I, and you probably had this question before. How are you going to tell a man how to be successful? <laughs> yes, I've heard that question so many times. It is really interesting. Uh, yes, it is called How to Become a Successful Black Man, but that stems, Kevin, from my years as an educator and from uh, doing books like How to Teach Black Adolescent Males How to Read, and I see what happens with them, and I see what happens when, you know, we're teachers and then we focus on the girls because girls have certain skills and boys have certain skills. When you don't really focus on the boys, then there is a problem. So the thing is, what is it that you do? The biggest thing that I have with the, with, with the book that I wanted to bring through is that I wanted them to know that there are other successful male role models out there. So the book is really full of successful male role models who tell them how they did it and the mistakes that they have made along the way. But the bottom line is, in the, the book today, which was published 12 year, in, in 2012, I talked about the situation that happened with my son as a black parent, and I also talked about how to stay safe with the law. But, Kevin, you know what? Even though I did all of those things, I'm not sure if I could have saved George Floyd. I'm not sure if I could have saved Ahmaud Aubrey because they were hunted down and they were killed on the streets. So pretty much, you know, even though we do all the things that we need to do as parents and as moms, the situation is still out there with that we have to deal with this every single day, every day. Now, you said, you, you mentioned your child was stopped for driving with an air freshener. Please explain that Kevin. to me. Please Kevin. tell me that story. All right, Kevin, we lived in, okay, I, we lived in Brooklyn, New York, and then I realized that he was 12 years old, and I wanted him to live in a community where they had the top schools. Okay. So I researched the top schools, Kevin, and I moved to a town in New Jersey where the schools were the top, Blue Ribbon School District, one of the top ten in the country. Okay, He was 12 years old at the time, but by the time he became 16, 17, and was driving, tall, bald, muscular, invisible, and dark-skinned, it was a problem. He was stopped for driving with an air freshener in the car. You know the wow. Christmas tree ones. It shouldn't be hanging. He was stopped because he dropped off someone in the front of their house. It is in a residential neighborhood. Instead of driving inside of their driveway, he was stopped for everything in the book, Kevin. And at the time, it was difficult because you know people kind of couldn't understand that. So at one point in time, I don't know if you want me to get into any of the stories, but they are really interesting. But uh, today you can look back and say interesting, but it's the same old stuff going on today. I was just glad that I did not lose him, but it's the same old thing. At one point he was jogging, and he was surrounded by officers on his residential block. Now, you, now you mentioned New York. What, now, is this a part that, of... No, that, no, that was in New Jersey. Okay. Here in this town, Kevin, there were 2% African-American. There were 67 languages spoken, 2% African-American. Okay? Wow. So he was stopped, and he was. they said that someone called to say there was a black man on the block. He says, I live here. And they said, where do you live? I live over there. Uh, well, uh, can you show us your ID? No, I have no ID because I am just jogging. I didn't take my ID out with me. Uh, the bottom line is that he was stopped every time, not just that. He's sitting in the front of his house with his girlfriend in his car on an evening. He, they, need, they stop him and say, okay, we need to see your ID. I live here. 
So Kevin, one night he said, okay, I'm going to go inside to prove to you that I live here. I'm just so sick and tired of this. He went inside the house, um, and he figured that was cool. I said, don't ever, ever do that again. Well, the next day, Kevin, the next day at 3 a.m. in the morning, the doorbell rang, and he had described the officers to us. Uh, we just warned him, don't ever do that. The doorbell rang. My husband and I ran downstairs. We thought he may have left his keys because he was spending the night with a friend. So we went downstairs, and it was the same two officers, dark-haired with glasses and another with sandy hair. Ma'am, did someone here call 911? Sir, no. No one here called 911, just my husband and myself. They're like, well, you know, there, there has to be. Ma'am, what, is there anyone else living here? Yes, my son, but he's not here. Ma'am, Please go and check because anything could have happened. So as we walked in to kind of go check, they walked in uninvited, went down to the basement because he hung out in the basement. And, I just, you know, you, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> you decide, no, you don't go there. You don't go anywhere there. But they didn't do anything. They kind of just went down and maybe just to show him that I can come in your house if I wanted. But that was just weird. Just weird, you know, like he was also stopped at another time, Kevin, and you think that this stuff is, 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 is all made up. Um, coming from a party with his girlfriend and another girlfriend in the car, stopped because he stopped over the white line. Over the white line is a crime. You can't stop over the white line. So wow. um, they put the handcuffs on him, and they said, um, let me search your car. Of course, you're not supposed to search. You don't get permission, but let me search your car. They put him to sit in the cop car. The other two girls were in the back, and they were laughing the entire time and then said, oh, look what we found. It's a white bag. I wonder what's in here. All the time laughing and talking and making fun of the girls sitting in the car. Well, I'm just telling you, I couldn't take that anymore because it's just been so many times. I was part of the Human Relations Council, and we report to the mayor's office. So I, rep- I told the Human Relations Council, we said, all right, we're taking it to the mayor's office with the chief of police. They were all there, my husband, myself, the girls, parents, everybody. The mayor from the next town, who's a black woman, thank God, she was a friend of mine. She came there and she said, you know, his civil rights are being violated. This is ridiculous. So they decided they weren't going to do anything more and they were going to leave us alone. Well, the very next morning, my husband is going to work. He gets stopped again because he leaves to go to work at 5 in the morning. He is stopped again. Uh, and when they stop and they check his driver's license, they say, oh, it's you, Mr. Simpson. Have a nice day. Wow. See, they said they now, weren't, but as you can see, they're looking for the black folk. But, now, uh, but I, I want to just let you know that my phone rang, Kevin, just for reporting this. I reported it. My phone rang every single morning for one full year. And the first time the call came in, it came from the complaint department of the police. The first time. But after that, no one could track it. The phone company, nobody. For one full year, I was in Africa. My phone rang. No matter where I was, so I had to turn off my phone. As soon as I turned it on, the call was there. So you get, you know, they, 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 they mess you up for stuff like that. They say, you know, they won't do this to people who are you know, who really know the system. But when you know the system and you do something about it, they make you pay. So we've been dealing with this for a long time as black folks. Now, now tell me, how do you help your son to process something like this? 
What what um, what what do you give him, or what type of information do you give him to help him process uh, something like this? Because at the end of the day, yes, we do understand this happens. We understand that that there are people that should not be wearing that badge, but you you can't believe that every single police officer that's gonna pull you over is gonna gonna be this way. So how do yes. you uh, allow him, or how do you help him deal with that situation? The only thing to do, Kevin, I found, is to have that talk. As mothers, we do a whole lot of crying and praying, but that talk is crucial, both from his father and myself. And we warn him not to do anything out of place. Another good thing, too, is that my friend was the mayor in the next town, and she also would have a conversation with him. Yes. You are a black man. And yes, he would say, but why? But why? But why? And we just have to say, this is the way it is, and this is the way you have to deal with it. At the end of the day, we want you to come home safe. We don't want anything to happen to you. So unfortunately, we have to deal with it because this is what is going on in our country today. People get very nervous when they see the black skin. As you know, all these implicit bias, you talk about murder or you talk about criminals you know you talk about any of these things and what comes to someone's mind when you talk about a drug dealer what comes to their mind it's a black man even though they're not the ones that are doing most of those crimes they get charged for it more and that implicit bias as soon as you hear it you immediately think it's a black man wow now I, I I do agree with you. This does happen because I remember being 16 years old, getting you know pulled over for just no reason whatsoever, being accused of breaking into places. Or I remember one time I I actually got accused of running my car through a liquor store, and the liquor store had uh, liquor store had burglar bars on the front of it. So it was obvious that I had not ran my car through uh, uh, a liquor store with burglar bars on the front. Else I would have tore up the front of my car. And then I got pulled mm-hmm. over. Yanked out of the car, put on the side, uh, put uh, had to sit there in handcuffs where they got to check your records and all this type of stuff. What 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 is a way that young men can be a lot more successful with these situations? Because number one, I, I I think one I, I think you are right. We are targeted somewhat uh, by by especially some police. I I, I can't put it on all because I know too many police, black and white, that don't do yeah. this type of stuff. But I do think yeah. we are targeted by some people. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you guys teach through your organization uh, that, that young black kids can help to avoid these situations? Well, one of the first things that we need to do, actually, we're just doing this at a, a private school right before the pandemic hit. And that is when you are stopped by an officer, don't start showing off and showing out and mouthing. Don't do that. I know you really want to say, well, what did I do? Or why are you asking me for my driver's license? Don't. Don't do that. Just quietly look at the officer's badge, look at his number, look at his name, and comply in the most respectful way possible. When I say respectful, don't, you know, a lot of times, sometimes they'll have their friends in the car and they'll tend that they want to show up. Well, I know I didn't do anything, so what are you bothering me for? And then these, these young children, we're talking about in middle school, say, oh, yeah, yeah, my parent was stopped by a police officer, and they said, I'm not showing any driver's license because there's no reason. You can't do that. You cannot go do that at the end of the day. You better be respectful, respect the badge, and you'll say, but I see a lot of officers do this and that, uh-uh. 
that's I mean, that's I didn't see folks. Right I didn't. I didn't see some of our counterparts get pulled up. They jump out of the car for the officer even stop good <laughs> yelling and screaming and cussing them out. Yes. I didn't see yes. officers get spit on and they and they just stand there and they hold at peace and they mm-hmm. just so mm-hmm. patient with the person. But mm-hmm. some of us, you know, we make the wrong move. We reach for our keys. We reach to cut the car off, and then we getting tased yep. or either we getting shot. Mm-hmm. So and and, yep. and I think honestly at this point with so much going on, I think we starting to get tired of it. I, I, yeah. I'm i respectful to everybody, but at a certain point, if you ain't going to respect me, I ain't going to respect you either. Right. Yes. However, I understand all that, but Kevin, I'm telling you. <laughs> and and I get you. You want your baby to come home at night. I get exactly. it. I get it. Exactly. At the end of the day, you are a black man. And, and, and the thing is like this. For some reason, and I've heard officers say it, they will come on and they will say, okay, if there is a choice with the war on drugs, we know that we go to the black community because that's what they do, right? If we had a choice and we have to pull someone over in midtown Manhattan and someone in a black community, what do you think we're going to do? We are going to the black community because these people are powerless. They're not going to do anything. If wow. we do that in midtown Manhattan the next day, we're going to be called into the mayor's office. But guess what? I did that. And I was penalized because I was a little bit too uppity you know, acting a little bit too white, you understand? So at the end of the day, you have to just be careful until these laws and this systemic injustice is changed. You have to be careful when you encounter an officer, and I'm not saying they're all, but my experience is, and I'm not a black male, (laughs) I am not a black male, and I have encountered officers who have kind of like let me go by when I beat them because I have to pick up I my child? I say you sound like you can get at somebody now. It sound like you done cussed out a couple <laughs> officers in your day. <laughs> so, so it was like almost like late at night, and he was just there with you know with the um, with the coach, and I and I beat because they were going so slowly, and it was the only way I needed to know I knew how to get there. So I beat them kind of like, did you guys just pull over so I could go? Well, who told me to do that? Well, they pulled me over, and they shone wow. all the lights. And that was in New York, where there are two officers all together. They shine the lights. They see a whole lot of books in the back. At the time, I was an educator. And they're like, ma'am, did you not know that you're not supposed to be an officer? I said, well, sir, I am so sorry. I had no idea. But my son is standing by the school door with the coach, and I have to pick him up. And they looked in the car and looked and looked. Ma'am, I just want to warn you again. Don't you ever beep an officer again. Wow. I am so sorry to have done that, but I really must go, please. Now, now what part of New York are you in? That was in New York. <laughs> that Where do you live in, now? Right, right now I live in Atlanta. Oh, okay, right you're here. in Atlanta, okay. Yes, right. I live right here. I live in Conyers. Yes. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's a whole different story when it comes to you guys. And we, as parents, moms especially, we're always concerned when our sons go out. You ask any black mama, and she'll tell you that. They're always hoping and praying that you come back home and come back safe and nothing happens to you. And it could be anything. We're not just talking about police officers. Mothers are always concerned about their sons. And you know that there's this bond with I mean, mothers. women got to watch it nowadays, too, though. Yep. Like, like mm-hmm. it's, it's been a few incidents. Women been gunned down by police just as much. Yes. So. so we are seeing an uptick in that. And so when we say save our black sons, we're kind of like using that to say, okay, our children because it's not just the young men, the young men far more, but we see that they're doing it to our young women as well, and we plan to petition on behalf of our young women, because this, look, 
Listen to this. We're looking at the 14th Amendment when they said justice for all. The Constitution was not enough, so they put in the 14th Amendment. So they're going to create equal justice for everyone. It has not been that way for African Americans. The big new word today, Kevin, is the F word. The F word is felony. Okay, say, oh, 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 and you are a felon, you're barred from voting, housing, employment, food stamps and public benefits if you need it, jury service, all the stuff, and then the discrimination wow. that comes along with that. So it is serious. And most of our men, if they're in jail, they're in there for some little drug offense. When you have criminals, real, real criminals, walking around, doing a lot of stuff like hurting and killing people, and they're not getting the time that a guy is doing that he's caught with a bag of weed. Wow. This is ridiculous. Now, now we we coming up on our time, so I want to make sure that we get enough time uh, uh, for you to get this out here. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just now joining us, we are uh, talking with Miss Hillary Drummond Simpson, uh, talking about saving our black sons. Uh, Please let us know uh, what is it that your organization is doing. I see that you're petitioning the government. What is that petition about? Okay, so what we're actually doing, so we have a trademark now. Thank goodness the trademark is open. So we're providing educational services in okay. mentoring, in the field of mentoring, the field of leadership, civil rights, and personal and professional development okay. and law enforcement. So we are saying that a lot of times when people want to petition, we leave it up to the lawmakers and to the people that are there in Congress and the Senate. But you really need to hear from the moms who are there on the line, and a lot of times it'll be a different voice that you hear because these are people who live it every single day. So that's what we want to do, but we also want to provide all kinds of other services to make sure that we educate, empower, and encourage our young men. So we do coaching and tutoring and speaking and all of this stuff to make sure that our young men are on the right track and so, that they stay safe. So if somebody wants to take a, a advantage of, of what you guys have to offer, how can somebody get in contact uh, with you and support your initiatives and as well as get help? Yes, we are looking for supporters. We are looking for women all over this country and also men um, okay. because we want to make this group uh, this group very loud and very vocal and make sure that we get things done. So you can go to saveourblacksons.org or .com. It takes you to the same place. Saveourblacksons.com and just go to the contact page and send me your information. Uh, we are on Instagram. Instagram, I'm at Hillary D. Simpson. Um, Twitter, I'm at Hillary D. Simpson. So you can go to any of those places and contact us. Uh, and we're going to get back in touch with you because we are looking for the support because mothers have a very compelling and loud voice. All right. And we really want to get things done. Well, once again, it's been Hillary D. Simpson. And give them that Instagram one more time so they can follow you. Saveourblacksons.com. Or you can also go to .org, but saveourblacksons.com. Okay. And Twitter. Hillary D. Simpson, and Instagram at Hillary D. Simpson. Well, Miss Hillary D. Simpson, we definitely going to have to have you back and have a long conversation about this because I don't think it's an issue that we're going to solve this year or next year. Uh, but mm-hmm. I wish you all the best of luck, and uh, we will do everything that we possibly can to help support your organization. Thank you so much for being a guest today. 
Thank you, Kevin. You are wonderful. Appreciate you. All right. If you are just now joining us, once again, we are trying to do our part to help you guys. Uh, we realize that the government assistance for unemployment has now stopped. So the number one rated business show is stepping in to help you pay your bills. So please text pay my bill to 404-574-5134. If you'll text that, it'll send you all the information on what you need to do, and we will pay $100 towards one of the bills that you got sitting on your table right now. I know it ain't everything, but it's at least a little bit of help. Can I, can I text mine? <laughs> I know you said no, that. sir. <laughs> you like you doing very good. <laughs> all right, joining me now. Miss Tina B, how you doing today? I'm great. How are you? All right. Now, you're going to have to introduce your guests because you ain't telling me you was bringing all these friends. I know. I know. I know. Okay. So, um, my stage play that I created was called The Shell of a Man, okay. which kind of goes with Miss Hillary was just talking about, really. So, okay. that's pretty cool. But um, we got Skylar Jenkins here and BJ Bowman. They, are, they play husband and wife in the production. Okay. But it's about six men and their life stories um, about abuse, mental, physical, depression, alcoholism. Um, what's another one? Uh, jealousy. Dreamer. Mm-hmm. Jealousy. Mm-hmm. So they talk about what the things that they're going through. Because a lot of times I, I came up with this this stage play because of a lot of times you date men and you realize that they don't even know how to love you. And I'm trying to figure out what's that coming from where is that coming from okay so hence the shell the shell is beautiful but the inside is damaged so i'm trying to find out where that damage is coming from so they go they go deep into where it's coming from so so tell me about the husband and wife couple tell me about your role in your story uh your background in the play um I'll let you go first. Yeah. Yep. Y'all just like a husband and wife. Um my role is the my role is the dreamer and it's actually um fit into my actual life. Okay. And when Tina gave me this role, I didn't think about it at the beginning, but it was really talking about me because um I'm actually a platinum rap artist. Okay. So wow. um before I made it in the business I used to do a lot of different things. I DJed. I tried to cut grass. I tried to do all type of stuff, trying to find my way in life. Okay. So I threw a lot of stuff up against the wall, hoping something would stick. And that's pretty much what this character is about. The only difference is my wife is catching the brunt of my dreams not coming to fruition. Okay. And she's like my biggest supporter, but she's finding herself supporting me in the process, and I'm still just dreaming. So I don't want to give away the whole scene, but okay, that's pretty much my character in a nutshell. Yeah. Miss Miss Wife, <laughs> you may speak. <laughs> you speak now. Okay, um, but yeah, it's pretty much what BJ was saying. It's it's, it's great playing um, the supporting character, you know, okay. because you know living it, you know, is one thing, you know, like he did. But to be able to be involved in the play and all the different um, segments that Tina has put together, it really brings a lot of things to the head with people, you know, because this is real life you know, situations that people are going through. So, you know, if we touched one person while we're presenting it, it means so, so, so much. And, you know, we do touch a lot of people, you know, when we do the play. Yeah. Now, have you ever had to deal with a man like that in your life for real? One of them, one a them, dreamer? Yeah. No, like, I haven't. <laughs> I, now, now, tell me, are you being stereotypical about the dreamer? Are you, is it like a real dreamer? Like, I really got some aspirations, some real goals, some real plans <laughs> that he wanted them, like, fly by night dudes. Like, today I'm going to be 
a TV fly star. By night. Oh, okay, okay. That's the fly by night guy. And I she, don't think you call that a dreamer. I think it, you call it something else. <laughs> a bum. <laughs> and the wife and the wife trying to deal with it. So that's that's the whole um, premise of the of the stage play. And then you have the different, and it touches so many people. Where when I first did it, people in the audience they're laughing and crying. Okay. They're walking up to me saying, "That's my husband." Three of those wow. are my husband. Four of those I went through. All of them I went through. I okay. was like, "Wow!" Because oh, it was molested station in there too as well oh, yeah. but they yeah. was like they went they touched on all the, those subjects so now, now tell me about the dysfunctional man that can't love tell me a little bit about yes, that character yes it's a lot of them what <laughs> I'm just saying I'm just you might be hitting home on some stuff so, so I'm tell just, me about okay it. I'm just saying like, <laughs> me being a single woman and a lot of single women that I know we will meet guys and we're and when they first start talking, the buildup is good. They're talking good. They want to love you. They want to do all these things. And, but then they realize, oh, this woman really can love me. At that point, they get scared. What does that mean, though? Because it's like, y'all talking about somebody love me, love me. What does that actually mean, though? It means somebody who like, got your that... back 100. Okay, okay. Even if you mess up, she still got your back. Like, I'm There's mad as hell at this dude, but I'm still going to cook you something to eat. Absolutely. Go on there it's raining, but here. Here's our <laughs> oh, I can't we, stand we him, but here. That. I don't Thank want you to get wet. You know? I was hungry. I'm glad you now, so. now, from his perspective, now, when you say the dysfunctional man that can't love, is it is it a fact of not being able to show that type of affection? Because I know uh, in my own personal relationships, I come from, uh, I guess you say, broken childhood or just a horrific childhood. Mm. But... Uh, one of the biggest things my wife complains about is I don't show her the affection. Mm. I'm not an affectionate person. Like I'm not a, a, a super huggy, kissy right, type right. people. I'm like mm-hmm. that with my with my little girls, mm-hmm. but not so much about my wife. I hope she ain't yeah. listening tonight, baby. But, I ain't trying to put our parents in business. Like I'm that? trying to get her some help. Were your parents, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Were your parents huggy with you? Uh, my father was, was um, how can I put this nicely? He was evil. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so he was he was, the, the point. <laughs> he was the abuser in most situations right. and I think from what happened it left my mom in a way that was kind of shell shocked so it, it made her one of those type of people that's not very emotional mm. or, or not very affectionate mm-hmm. like we don't hug and kiss her mm-hmm. I know she loved me or whatever how mm-hmm. could you not mm-hmm. you know <laughs> but uh, she's not a huggy kissy type person therefore yeah. I'm not I'm that mm-hmm. way with my daughters but I'm not that way just naturally right. I'm, I'm, I'm not really a huggy kissy that type person. And and that's 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 crazy that you say that because like with my parents, I never seen them hug, kiss, touch, affection, wow. nothing. But I'm like that with my so anybody that cra- I date. Make you crave that more? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And my dad wasn't like the hey baby, you know, hug me and stuff. So I think I look for that. Okay. Because I don't know that experience of a daddy's love like that. And okay. it's a lot of time. Even though he was in the house, the whole my de- my mom then was married fifty years till he died. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. So I don't I can't say it's from a broken home or anything like that. It was I'm truly like the parent in the house, but just don't know him. Wow. So you know I I think I tend to look for guys in that manner, but I think that a lot of times guys look at too close. I'm gonna get hurt, so I back up. Okay. So they're scared of that pain that they felt before. So it's best to just back up instead of feeling that pain again. I have heard that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to be vulnerable. It, it it really is. Even though you think you're so tough and all this type yeah. of stuff, like I can deal with all kind of physical pain. We can fight all day. Yeah, if we yeah want to. right. But, but that, that emotional stuff, I don't want to deal that's with that. A, that's, exactly. a, that's a totally different type of pain, especially right. when you've given your heart before. You know what I'm saying? So you tend to hold back with that, 
in that area. Mm-hmm. And then if you do give it again, yeah, your antenna's up because you're wondering, are they going to do me you're like gonna, the last one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And that's we show that in the play, and, and that's why it touches a lot of people. Because like you just said, wait, this may hit me, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you're in church and the pastor preaching, you're like, he talking to me? Can people <laughs> see that? You know? So some subjects may not touch you, some will. And so we, um, we've we been doing it since November of last year. Okay. Um, did three sold-out shows. Wow. And, and we was on our way on tour in March when okay. COVID hit. Oh, corona show So we... Um, we did two shows since COVID been here. Now, how'd that go for Real you? Real slow. But we want to just get back in the groove of things. Oh, but yeah. We will be on pay-per-view August 29th, though. Now, now, how are y'all handling that as far as, like, the actors? Are y'all, like, testing the actors? Are y'all taking temperatures? Or, cause yeah, you, we do You can't have all the masks on on stage. No, I know that can't. don't look good mm-hmm. on, on mm-hmm. camera. And they, um, people that was coming in, they were, the, the company itself was checking the temperature. So Now, um... Now you said as far as the crowd, are y'all trying to get a crowd back, or y'all just going? No, I think we're just going to go. Right yeah, now? we doing. That's why we're doing the pay per view. We just okay. going to do it on there um, because it's hard to get people to come out. Now, what got you interested in stage plays? Um, I actually do stage plays. Like I act myself. Wow. And really? a lot of yeah. And and the thing about my stage play is it's all unscripted. So what okay. you see, you may not see. See, I freestyle again and again yeah, and again and again. And again. Everything wow. is just mm-hmm. you know uns- unscripted. So. I now, do. how do you do that? Is that like everybody got a basic outline? You know what's supposed to happen in the scene, and you go for it, or is yeah. it we just get out here and do well, it? Well, I just tell uh-huh. him he's a dreamer. He builds on that. They build right. on that. So she don't, don't know what he's gonna say, but I don't know yeah. what she's gonna say. when you're in a relationship, met. you automatically can bounce off each other. So they just make it, you know, make it work. So you can put me on there. I can be a radio host. Right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. they, it works, and people love it. So what's next? You, I, I know you say you got the, the pay-per-view thing going. Is, are yeah. y'all just kind of banking on that and seeing how that's going to work out yeah. for you? Or? Yeah, hopefully that'll work out great. And I got another play I'm getting ready to do with all women called What Do You Want to Eat? A lot of time it's a metaphor, of course, of women don't know what we want. Okay. So, oh, ooh, I don't like that cameraman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did nothing all night. But yeah, we don't. We never know what we want. So it's it's just like, what do you want to eat? I I don't know. If you ask a woman, what are you looking for in a man? Okay. I don't know. Well, what you looking? For? I just want. I know I want. You I got a man? Know, I, no, I don't. So what you looking for? Uh, somebody. I'm looking for a companion. That's what. I'm what you want to eat? Okay, <laughs> pizza. I love pizza, and that's real pizza. Because these days Veggie you can't pizza. even say pizza. But um, yeah, it's it's hard to say because I'm, well, I can say I've been married before, but I'm looking for more of a companion now. Someone just want to just enjoy life together. Wow. Everybody's so scared to say, "Oh, we hanging out together," because they have so many, I guess, different ones that they deal with. So they have to kind of like keep you in the closet so to speak and I'm wow. not a closet girl so well I've been married for the last 15 years it's out the closet it's man the I'm just saying <laughs> I got kids all of <laughs> everybody know <laughs> yeah absolutely now now you you done told me about two people you done told about the dreamer and dysfunctional mm-hmm. person What's the other four people well, you deal with? In the no, party? I was just saying the whole play is dysfunctional. Okay. It's not one. It's um, the dreamer. It's mental abuse, physical abuse, alcoholism, depression, molestation, and jealousy. It's wow. seven subjects that we touch on, and they all have wives. And they, it's about the why they this way, how it affects the wife, and then bring it all together. Of this is why I'm this way. Now, how you how do you uh, tackle? Now, I, I assume this is all black men. This is not it just is. men in general, black men specifically. Yeah. How do you deal with the depressed issue? 
Mm. Uh, and black men because I know that's a hard one in our yeah. community. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. hard. And the guy who plays it is actually a comedian and okay. he suffers sometimes from depression. Okay. And so it com- it's kind of like go hand in hand because they try to be happy to, pr- to fool us okay. when they're actually hurting, mm-hmm. you know. So and that's what he says a lot too. You know, he laughed to not cry and make other people laugh and, you know, things like that. So it goes really deep with him with that. Wow. Yeah. Now how long you guys been acting? Um... Skyler. How long you guys been acting? Well, for me, off and on, um, the last um, 10 years or so. Okay. Yeah. And BJ? Yeah, I've been acting all my life. I mean, I've been <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I've been acting for about 10 years, but on this level, since I signed with Tina, it's been, what, what five years? Five years. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, are, you, are y'all looking at going to screen, uh, acts of screenplays, or you like the stage more? I like the stage, but I write movies too. I okay. do well unscripted you doing movies. Too much, you know what? Never too much. It's never too. Hey, it's never too much. Trust, <laughs> but yeah, I shoot movies too. So this is our next step. We're gonna make this into a movie. Wow. So, mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So what else you got coming up? Um, I think uh, oh, the beautiful Skylar right here. She do lingerie, so we doing a live actual fashion show on oh. Sunday. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yep. So how y'all gonna do that? Y'all gonna do it online? Or is it going to be actually in person? It's going to be it's in person, too? People yeah, in person, too? Facebook and Instagram Live, and we're selling some tickets. Just a small, intimate crowd. But Inside, yeah. yeah. But it's going to be Facebook and Instagram Live. Yep. Now, do y'all think we get live events back before the end of this year? I'm, I'm starting to worry. I don't think we're going to get them back. Uh, if we, if we do, it'll be like to the capacity of what it was before. Right. It might be like think. trickling, but... Because my shows normally like 250 plus. Nah, I, don't, I don't even see that no. many people coming out no. like yeah. that no more. Not this year. Yeah, we just recently did the uh, the Georgia Minority Business Awards. And typically, we get a guest list of at least about 500-something people. Yeah. So beforehand, I mean, we had planned this last year, but we had to do it in July. So um, after postponing it, we had to cut it down to 250. Mm. Then uh, after that, we had to cut it down again. So I think we probably ended up with about 100 people. Mm-hmm. It was socially distanced. Everybody had to wear masks throughout the whole event. It was just wow. awkward. Yeah. It was yeah. awkward. Yeah. And so it's like awkward. The, the whole human interaction yeah. now is getting more and more so awkward. Sad. We didn't like each other before. This is really bad. You know, know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. people on their phone, they just sitting there on their phone, they ain't talking to each other. Now it's like people dodging you yeah. and stuff. I know. I know. I be going in the store and they be like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> no, I be going in my people's houses and they be like that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows don't call. <laughs> Man, you be about to bust a vessel now because you don't want to call. I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. I'm, I'm praying to God that we get, uh, get stuff back at least by, you know, 2021. I think, I hope. Post will start to get back to normal because I think once we actually see a vaccine, then people will start to calm down. And I know even with a vaccine, it's still going to be about six months, mm-hmm. almost oh, yeah. a, a year before yeah. everybody gets vaccinated. Yeah. Folks yeah. feel comfortable with that. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, anybody got kids? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we all we do. do. Y'all send them back to school? I got son. My son's 23. Yeah. Oh, okay. All yeah. my kids are grown, so. Y'all lucky. I got a 13-year-old that's losing <laughs> her mind and an 8-year-old coming out right now. He said, okay, right that 13 yeah, is something else. They're, they're going to be virtual. But I can relate to that t- to my 23-year-old son driving and being stopped, and I have had that conversation with him to say, oh, yeah. hey, just comply. Just mm-hmm. We can get you out of jail. We can't get you out of the grave. You know that's, what I mean? So it's yeah. like just go with them. And we'll figure it out later. Because mm-hmm. they want to say, what I do? What I do? That's the main thing. But 
I tell him just try to just 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 calm, you know, be calm, and just, we'll come get you. I yeah, can relate. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I have three sons, so yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah I can it's relate. Hard. I got approached by five police officers the other day. I mean, uh, what, about three weeks ago. Wow. wow. It was scary. I was sitting in my car. They were looking for somebody else that had a car like mine, uh-huh. mm-hmm. but still they approached my car, and it could have easily went the other way. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I find now that I'm a lot older. I'm like 41 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get stopped hardly at all anymore. Mm. But when I was young, you light skin. Like, yeah, you light skin. You I was light skin in my twenties. I was even more light skin. They were checking for light skin. Yo, he one of us. I'm gonna tell y'all something. I'm gonna tell y'all something because I get tired of it. Because light skin folks got to work. All right. Not only do we get racism from whites, but we, we also get from dark skin black folks. Okay. Black dark skin black folks do not like light skin yes, folks. Okay. Absolutely. So I'm starting a new movie, light skin mouth. <laughs> Right. And he almost a shade enough. Right, you right. You he elevated. You almost you just got in. Me, me and Skyler like 11, 11 <laughs> and 12 a.m. right no, I'm here. Light-skin. <laughs> I'm light-skinned when it matters. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, my kids out in uh, uh, Pawnee County, so they started back two days. First day back in school, so mm. I'm praying to God that all of it all of it works out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I will say this. The schools do seem like they're pretty serious about it. They, they've spread the desk out. The classrooms are not quite as packed as they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, me personally, I'm making sure that my kids, anytime y'all up, if you're not sitting at that desk, you better have a mask on your face moving around that moving around that classroom. Yeah. Right, right. So I'm doing everything I possibly can to try to keep them safe, but I, I promise you my blood pressure been up all day. I've been calling my wife, hey, you heard for the kids? I know, right. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's it's really serious. serious. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely yeah. serious. Well, I got to thank y'all so much for joining us today and being a part. Once again, uh, how can people uh, join in and watch the play on pay-per-view? Uh, you go to statusnetwork.net. And um, look up the shell of a man, and it's gonna be right there, August 29th, 8 p.m. Make sure y'all August go get 29th, it. Yeah, and the ticket's only one ninety nine, y'all. Y'all got two dollars now. <laughs> two dollars. Two dollars. That's it. And then also, uh, send me a press release. We're running on the uh, Atlanta Business Journal for okay, you. Make cool. sure that we can get it out to our three hundred thousand readers. Nice. Right here on the Atlanta Business Journal. Oh, also before we go, hold on one second, producer Sharetta Walker on LinkedIn is questioning. She said, "What got you started in the acting career, and what motivates you to act?" I'm going to get at all three of y'all because she, she did not tell me who to aim that toward. <laughs> so just real quick, all three. Oh, I, I just love I just love the um, field in itself. And I wanted to, like I said, sometime I just wanted to see if I could shoot a movie. And I just grabbed my camera and shot a movie. And then when the play that I was in, I said, you know what? I want to do a stage play. So I just went I just went for it. Wow. Yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I just enjoy it. I was inspired in high school and then, you know, dropped off a little bit, started back, did some local, you know, stage plays. I just love it. It's fun. You know, reenacting. So, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, I was always told that I was like a comedian and, and I could act because, you know, I was just crazy. But what, <laughs> but what really inspired me was Tupac, seeing him, him and Juice okay. and how he was wow. such a natural. And I was like, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to give you something for that, brother. Yes, I'm from Tupac Day. All right. All right. <laughs> was anybody light-skinned in that movie? Oh, oh my, my goodness. God. No, she didn't. Take me to break. Shots fired. Shots fired. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you. The 
KC Pride. This is Kenyana. And we asking you to tune in to ABJ Radio right here on the Real 1100 AM every Monday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Whether you're in your car, on your phones, or at your job. Tune in to ABJ Radio, the number one rated business show right here on the Real 1100 AM. Monday, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Kids follow your lead. Help them stay healthy. Wash your hands. Don't touch your eyes, nose, or mouth. And cover coughs and sneezes. Clean and disinfect the objects you touch often, like your phone, the remote, and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And if you're the one who's sick, stay home. This station is part of the Beasley Best Community of Caring, and we care about your family. For more info, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Hey folks, Handsome Josh is here to reveal some big news to all the AM 1100 listeners. I have an app. That's right, you can now check out all your favorite programs right here on The Real with The Real 1100 app. Whether it's sports, entertainment, or lifestyle, The Real 1100 definitely has you covered. So why don't you just tell me how much it's going to cost me? And here's the best part. It's available in your Google Play or Apple App Store, and it's free to download. Actually... You can count me in on this one. So download the Real 1100 app today and stay in tune with The Real. I can't believe we have to make this commercial. It's ridiculous. You'll think it's ridiculous too. Listen to this. This commercial is about, well, it's about parents being rude at high school athletic events. Ridiculous, right? It gets worse. Studies show more than 75% of new high school officials are quitting because of bad adult behavior. So now there's a shortage of refs here in Georgia. In almost all sports. No officials means no more games. Is that what you want for us? Come on, parents. It's time to grow up. Cheer for your team. Be proud of your children. But stop being so ridiculous. And don't make us run another commercial because we will this message presented by the georgia high school association and the georgia athletic directors association reminding you to always practice good sportsmanship to some the sound of a baby babbling doesn't mean much but that's not true they're testing out vowels and consonants and trying different sounds and by 12 months their babbling is beginning to take on meaning especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Honorary Forest Ranger Betty White here, lending a hand to my dear friend Smokey Bear, because for 75 years, he's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But there's a lot more to say. Like, if you park your car on tall, dry grass, the hot exhaust pipe can start a wildfire. So be careful out there. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. And we are back right here on the number one rated business show. I am your host, Kevin C. Pride. I don't even think I told y'all that today. That's all right. Once again, uh, in light of the unemployment benefits running out, uh, 
the number one rated business show is stepping in, trying to help you guys pay a few bills. Please text pay my bill to 404-574-5134. Send us a copy of your bill and we're going to send you a hundred dollars towards that bill. And I got my friends, I got my friends, they're stepping in and they're helping us pay once, uh, right along with us. Joining me in studio right now is Mr. Lorenzo Gordon. And you're going to have to hurry up and jump hey, on there. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> how you doing today, brother? All is well. All is well. Now, uh, I'm sorry to get, get right into it, but right. you are a humble hustler. Please tell us about Humble Hustler. Yes, sir. So uh, we created the brand. It's all about the efforts and entrepreneurship, which okay. is why we dropped the E's in both Humble and Hustler. All right. I feel sometimes like when you see someone, you really, you really don't see all the hard work they put in behind the scenes. Okay. You only see like the accolades, the achievements, the goals, and all that good stuff. But they don't really see all the hard work and effort that goes into getting to that level. Okay. Um, so fast forward, we wanted to create a brand that really uplifts those individuals and also allow them to tell their story, which is how we came out with the social media campaign called Share Your Hustle, giving wow. insights from corporate innovators to also entrepreneurs, just sharing the behind the scenes process of what it takes to get to the level they're currently at right now, just for any upcoming aspiring entrepreneurs as well as people who are looking in that corporate space as well. Now, you guys just uh, just successfully completed an event this, this past weekend, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We just kicked off our first um, Hustle Print pitch competition where nine young brothers were able to pitch their best business idea to a panel of judges for $1,000, $500, as well as $250. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, did you were you able to find uh, a winner to that? Yeah, yes, sir. So <laughs> the pretty cool thing is um, Isaiah Waller, who's the CEO of Defendive Look, he was the grand prize winner. What's the um, name of his business? Defendive Looks. Okay. Yeah, so it's a mental health platform. It's, wow. It's all about uplifting teens as battling with depression. So he created a program called the Mind Stretch, where he connects young teenagers with local like um, psychiatrists and for therapy and all that good stuff. Um, the second winner was Jordan Jackson. His brand is called Black Clothing Co. Okay. So he created a curriculum that's targeted for middle schoolers that's interested in entrepreneurship. And our final contestant was Abubakar Berry, who was from West Africa. His brand is all about connecting foreigners all across the globe through his platform called Foreign Air. Wow. Yeah, so it was really cool. It was really cool because the funny thing about it, um, with our curriculum, 80% of the young boys started out as a T-shirt brand. Okay. And literally towards the end of the pro um, program, every last one of the T-shirt brands transitioned to a full-out business operation. Wow. So it was pretty awesome to hear them pitch their idea to a panel of judges. Now, now, what is Humble Hustler? Is it a, a just a nonprofit to help, or are you as yeah. are you our actual company doing and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, selling yes. product? No, great question. Yeah, so Humble Hustler... The brand Humble Hustler Group is the overall head of the uh, actual company. Okay. We have a nonprofit space, which is called Humble Hustler Foundation, okay. where it's all about improving the quality of life in young black brothers in the city of Atlanta. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, you're specifically focused on young men? Correct. Yeah, we specifically target young men simply because there's extremely a gap in between the young man as well as that business space in the high school level. And what we were able to discover is that a lot of these young men, they have amazing ideas. They okay. just need somebody to just really sit down and help them scale it and build it. Okay. And that's what our curriculum is all about. Um, outside of that, we also have three other different programs under the nonprofit space. One is called Hustle Sport, where we connect young men that's interested in becoming like a professional basketball player, football player, anything athletically driven. And we pair them with like local Atlanta basketball trainers and football wow. trainers for just mentorship, but also basketball clinic techniques and football techniques. Um, we also have another program called the Hustle Print Music, where we 
man that's interested in becoming a rapper. Um, we pair them with like local um, songwriters, local producers, sound engineers, just showing them different variations of the music industry outside of just being in the limelight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, now is Humble Hustle, what, what is the actual core foundation? What, what, what do you guys do, uh, the actual product of the, of the, are you a print operation? Yeah, yeah so we're a okay. lifestyle brand. So we sell merch, we sell t-shirts, we have a planner, it's called the Hustle Print. For any um, entrepreneurs that's in that startup phase okay. that needs like a how-to guide, um, we also sell cups. We're literally an all-lifestyle brand. So anything you can think of that you can actually touch that keeps that hustler on the go is what we provide for them. Oh, so y'all going to be putting out cell phones and CRMs <laughs> exactly. and everything else. Hey, listen, that's definitely more to come, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you guys are focusing on, on young black men because mm-hmm. I think in our push – a couple of years ago to, to promote women and help women, mm-hmm. we started to forget about all those little young black boys that Absolutely. nobody was paying attention to. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think somebody needs to mm-hmm. need to have that focus because I know I, I mentor a lot of young black men, and trust me, they, they need some guidance. <laughs> yeah, man, no, I agree, man. And it's funny because that's literally where Hustle Print came about. I felt there was a need. Like, it's so many like, organizations targeting young girls, right? Uh-huh. Like, adjust your crown or any kind of girls that code yeah exactly you know and i don't really see a lot of mentor groups for young men for business now there are a lot that teach them how to tie a tie how to teach them to speak a certain way and how to look the part but that business mindset i didn't really see a lot of that in the city of atlanta okay so the team and i felt there was definitely a need to develop some kind of curriculum to show these young men like hey you can literally start your business with just a hundred dollars just to kick off the llc which can transition to a free EIN number on the IRS website. Oh, yeah. That can transition to your open a, a free business bank account with Chase, you know? So we teach them that literally in the first two weeks, and now we're just pretty much expanding the mind, and now they're thinking more like businessmen. Wow. Now, what's your background? Yeah, so my background is entertainment. So I used to do a lot of PR and marketing back in the day. Okay. I literally started my career here in the city of Atlanta with a company called MC Media Works. However, um, entertainment... Like, I love it, right? <laughs> At the same time, it's a constant go. Like, yeah. literally, once you're doing one project, you're literally on to the next project. So yeah. you really can't really embrace the moment. And I felt like I wanted to kind of transition into that more social impact space, still utilizing my resources from that industry, but also connecting dots just to uplift the next generation of black male leaders. Wow, man. Now, you're like a pretty young guy. How old are you? Oh, you man, I'm asking. 32. I wish I was young. Dude, I, I man, get so you sick of y'all look 30 years. Gray hairs right here, man. Y'all 30 years coming in. So I'm like, man, I'm 32. I remember being 32. It felt better than 41. I tell you that. I know, right? And I feel you, man. <laughs> it's commendable, man, what you're doing. Uh, if somebody wants to support the organization or if they want to support, buy some merchandise, how, do, how does somebody do that? Yeah, man. So it's simple. They can literally go to our website for the nonprofit is www.hustleprint.com. And that's H-U-S-T-L-P-R-I-N-T. Um, and the website for Humble Hustler Group is www.humblehustler.com without the E's. Now, how are y'all able to pull something off this uh, this past weekend with this whole COVID uh, thing man. uh just lingering uh, lingering on and this type of stuff man it was crazy like and it's funny you say that man because i i plan events a lot and i will say this was by far the hardest event to plan simply because it kept coming together but also falling apart yeah. right <laughs> so and we had to partner with the city of atlanta for the community cleanup portion which would only can accommodate no more than 30 people 
And the inside of the space, they were saying no more than 30 people to as well. So we had to basically shorten our guest list, make sure everybody was six feet apart, make sure mask was on, involved, as well as gloves, as well as hand sanitizer throughout the entire space. Wow. There was even moments where people kind of wanted to take the mask off. And <laughs> we were like, hey, just wait up five more minutes, please. You know? I know what it's like. Um, but it's pretty cool, man, because now like every all the sponsors who was a part of the actual event, they were extremely impressed with the outcome. Of, and now they're looking to do more kind of like programming this year, too, as well, wow. which is pretty awesome because uh, one of our partners was State Farm. Another partner was TJ Faxx, um, a local bank, Atlantic Ca Capital Bank. Like all of them literally took a risk with this event because of the COVID, you know, and this could have been like a bad PR move for their brand. However, they took a risk and it was really, really a win win on both parts. So we're excited. Now, explain that to some of these young nonprofits that's out here that's trying to find partners and trying to find help and this type of stuff. How do you end up uh, with a, a sponsor like State Farm or some of the banks in this? How do you get that? Is it just yeah. purely I knew somebody that knew somebody or did you target those people? How do you how do you get that type of sponsorship? Well, I, I always tell people when it comes to like brand partnerships, it has to make sense. You have to connect the dots. So State Farm is a major corporate. They're, they're a big corporation, right? So they have a community outreach leg and they need more visibility in the city of Atlanta, in okay. the community. So what better way than to partner with the local nonprofit that's willing to provide all of the legwork and do all the programming? Only thing we're asking you all is just pretty much help us financially on the financial backing. Okay. It's a win-win for State Farm because now there's a trusted or an organization that's in the community putting everything together. We're putting our name associated with it, saying like, hey, we support this and we're going to come out and support it. And it's a win win for both. So I tell people before reaching out to corp any corporate partner, you want to look at the foundation and you want to look at the company's mission first. And you want to make sure that it kind of aligns with what you have going on. And then you want to make sure when you're reaching out to them for potential partnerships. Make it personable. Like instead of just saying, hey, say, <laughs> hey, Karen, you know, I, yeah. you know, I enjoyed, you know, having a conversation with you last week. Below is a list of ways I would love to partner with you all. OK. You know, I'm available on your time. Feel free to reach out and just go from there. Um, wow. That's my thoughts, man. Well, you are an awesome young man. What do you want? <laughs> I need to record do that. that. I need to record that. <laughs> but no, nah, man, I think I, I think it's so commendable what you're doing. You know, trying to teach more young black boys how to be entrepreneurs and how to be successful at it, teaching them the right ways, getting the paperwork in line, and this type of stuff. Because I think so many times I deal with so many young black businesses. That's one of the biggest things that we kind of fail on is that paperwork. We don't yeah. put the, we don't put those measures in place, and a lot of times it comes back to bite us. So I I, I think it's just commendable, and I know uh, Jay Bailey over there at the RCIE Center. Yeah. I yes. mean, he is a powerhouse when it comes to entrepreneur, and he is real about what he's doing extremely over there, Extremely real, extremely supportive. Like, Jay is literally a blessing to a lot of entrepreneurs in the city of Atlanta because not only is he extremely transparent, but he's extremely available to have conversations with anybody. It doesn't matter if they're in the startup phase or they've been established for years. You know, he's willing to give any advice that's going to be beneficial to that young entrepreneur as well as that seasoned entrepreneur. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, once again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Lorenzo Gordon, if people want to get in contact with you or support the organization, how can they do that? Yeah, man. So you can follow us on Instagram at Hustleprint, and that's H-U-S-T-L-P-R-I-N-T. Once again, Hustle Print. Thank y'all so much. It's been another edition of the number one rated business show right here on the Real 1100 AM. Once again, uh, we're doing our part, trying to step in and help you guys pay some of your bills. Please text Pay My Bill to 404 Five seven four 
800-585-5134. Send us a copy of that bill, and we'll pay $100 towards it, and we're going to be doing that all uh, during the month of August. I got my friends. They said they're going to jump in. They're going to start matching. You know how we do. So... Please, once again, text pay my bill to 404-574-5134. I am KC Pride. Follow me on social media on all channels, and we are out.